Hey y'all, welcome to Vibrant Colors. I'm Hector. And I'm thinking of calling God Kit Kat because he, she needs to give me a break. Yes, Kit Kats with the break. <laughs> I feel like they just tried. I've been seeing commercials on television where they just started to revive that vintage Kit Kat commercial where they throw in that give me a break, but they don't even do the jingle anymore. So I'm like, I know it now it's like, it's got what? Chance the Rapper? Like, give me a break. I haven't oh, even seen man. that one. I've seen ones that like, it feels like a car commercial. I don't know how, but it just has that like car commercial motif. Like there's like a family. I feel like they're in a Subaru and then it's like Kit Kats, the gift of breaks. And I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> also get a Subaru. Also Subaru cares. Donate to Subaru now by buying a whole car and making a lifetime commitment to give back to a charity of your choice. Oh, my God. <laughs> give yourself a break with this great discount. It's Subaru. And we'll throw in a Kit Kat. Why is this our commercial voice? Also, just so you guys know, this podcast is sponsored by Kit Kats and Subaru. <laughs> and Subaru for this week. <laughs> and again, disclaimer so we don't get sued. We are not sponsored by anyone. Because nobody wants to sponsor us. I wouldn't want to sponsor us. That is not true. I actually logged into our platform and we do have a sponsor request from the platform themselves. And they want me to do like a 30 second clip to tell people to join the platform and start their podcast but a i'm not a sellout and b i don't want competition so i will not be doing that oh my god well i will girl give me the info (laughs) it's it's literally a penny per listener so i think that we hold out until they at least give us two pennies per listener (laughs) one for each of us (laughs) exactly we really need to think we need to think about splitting the profit margin (laughs) yeah no make it three one for them one for you one for me exactly so As I said, a couple of podcasts ago, I've been getting a lot of messages, and by a lot, I mean like two from people I don't know and one from my mom talking about how we need to include just conversations to get to know us better. Um, And Josie, one of the conversations or topics that I wanted to discuss, because everything's about what I want to discuss and about me, of course, is what shows are you currently binging right now? What's Josie watching in his free time? Oh my God. Well, oh my God. Oh my God. Well, I'm very big on like, <laughs> I can't just watch one show. I got to watch the whole thing through. Yeah. Like it's really difficult for me. Like I have OCD. I'm like, okay, I got to just close it out. Um, but I guess um, I finished Devious Maids on Hulu. That was um, from Lifetime. That was Ew. good, but it, gets, it got canceled after fucking season four. So don't watch it if you can't enjoy a good cancellation. Um, <laughs> I love Bob. I love Bob's Burgers for the background and also to watch. I really enjoy Bob's Burgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, oh my God, I'm drawing blanks. Well, like, I will say that one so. thing, I will give some context about you, Josie. So Josie is, um, how do you say that? You're like a... You're Piece a- of shit. <laughs> exactly. I, didn't, I wanted to say it more kind. But no, Josie is really into fandom, I feel like. Like you're someone... Like, every time I go to Josie's house, I always comment on, he still has, like, the box set, Seasoned of Charmed. <laughs> I used to. I sold that. She needed money, girl. No, there was no magic in that profit. <laughs> you were like, here, buybacks. Here's my eight Seasons of Charmed. Great. We'll give you $8. Like, you definitely are still someone who feels that DVDs are happening. How dare you? I sold like two thirds of my DVDs. But how many, like, give me a number of how many DVDs you still currently own. 
Oh my God. Okay. I, I could see them from here. So I guess it's ballpark in it. Uh-huh. Um, I guess 115. Okay. Perfect. Comparative to my zero DVDs that I own. <laughs> but compared to like the fucking 400 I used to have. <laughs> Literally. I had a lot. I had so many TV shows, like you said. So that took up a lot of room. And I was like, okay, what do you really need? What do you really want? Who? And so the DVDs I keep are the one, are were gifts. Yeah. Like so, if you gave it to me as a gift, that meant something to me. So I just couldn't sell it. You're like, and then also, <laughs> what DVDs do I need? Of course, I need Lilo and Stitch on Blu-ray. How could I get oh rid of? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I never liked that movie. I'm sorry. What? Um, I just never liked it. Like ever, ever. It's such a cool um, story. But yeah, like so, pretty much if they were gifts or if they mean something to me, like they were part of my awake coming of age story mm-hmm. for my life. And then the only box set TV DVD I got is, I guess, Will and Grace one through season one through eight, because I could watch that anytime and just be happy. Right. But isn't like Will and Grace on something already or no? Yeah, I believe it's on Hulu. It's been on Hulu for a long time, but I don't know when that's going to expire and when they're going to get rid of it. <laughs> you never so know. I need to have this on backup. Exactly. You never know when you're going to have an itch for Will and Grace and it's not going to be on Hulu. I agree. Thank you. I, I take back my criticisms. Thank you. Um, for me, Golden yeah. Girls always is my background go-to. Um, and then, like, actively watching. I'm a huge Housewives fan. So, uh, yes, I know how much you love. Um, but Platomic is back on tonight. Um, our, it's Sunday. We're recording this. And this is the episode where, like, the thing that I, like, love and simultaneously hate about the Housewives franchise is... They will tell you like the biggest climax of the season on episode one and then make you wait like six episodes, but give you these like flash forwards where they're like, and this week does Monique actually drag, drag, drag her watch to find out. And this week, there's nothing else that they can do. Like we have gotten up into the fight. We are in present time. They showed on the last episode her twirling her hair in her hand. So I am anxiously waiting for Monique to drag. I can't even remember the other girl's name, but we've just been really building to this. So that's what oh I'm excited about. Wait, I have a question that I've been wanting to ask. Uh-huh. And may- I'm sure you would know, because I feel like this is from Housewives, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it is. Um, there's like an audio that I see on TikTok, on Facebook, everywhere. And it's the one where it's like, like, let me be clear. Like, if you want a problem with me, you don't want a problem with me. Uh-huh. Like, do you, is that from one of the housewives or no? It honestly probably is, but I I can't think like off the top of my head. I feel like you're making a problem with me oh, yes, when there yes, isn't yeah, a problem. That's, um, it's a uh, housewives of Atlanta. That's Kenya Moore. Okay, thank yeah. you. Like, I just love that so much. Like, I've been obsessed. Like, I was um, thinking about going to a party this weekend at my my, my grandma's house. Uh-huh. Like, social distance, blah 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 blah, that like, good stuff. Because I haven't seen nobody in so long. Mm-hmm. But then. Anyways, long story short, it was it was even planned for yesterday. I was totally wrong. And I was already imagining arguing with like one of my aunts. Like she's gonna be like, I just want this and this and that and President Trump, I love you. And I was like, okay, let me be clear. You're making a problem with me. Like I wanna just like I wanna use that all the time. So I wanna fight everyone with that. I don't know if you think that I think that's what's great about reality TV though, is that they give you really great quippy one-liners that are super applicable. Mm-hmm. My favorite go-to right now is from The Real Housewives of New York. Probably a couple of seasons back, there was this girl, Tinsley, and 
she was just really having a bad go of it. She just broke up with her boyfriend, yada, yada. And she's sitting with her mom and she's legitimately, she is in clown makeup because she got, (laughs) this is like, I'm like, I need to stop watching the show. She got picked to be like the ringmaster of the New York City Circus. So she's in clown makeup after the gig. Her mom's like holding her and controlling her as she scream cries. And she's like, I'm miserable. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just encompasses pretty much Monday through most of Saturday. And I have like two hours of Saturday that I'm like, no, this is this is going good. And then the rest of the, you know, Saturday and into Sunday, I go back to the Tinsley miserable. Well, any who's anyways. Just so you all know, me and Josie are super into television. Hit us up. Tell us what we should watch. We'll tell you what we are watching. And that is just like a little bit about us. <laughs> just in case you wanted to know. Exactly. You're getting to know us. Well, Josie, with that, do you want to hop into this week's main topic? Uh, yeah. All right. Let's, let's get it. to it. All right, so this week's episode's topic is coming out. And I'm coming out. Coming I want out. the world to know. Uh, I feel like we've snuck that in every episode, and now it makes sense. Yes, like I feel like, yeah, that's why this was inevitable. We had to do this. <laughs> the topic. inevitable episode. The inevitable. This, this episode is the inevitable episode. Um, hashtag inevitable because I can't stop saying inevitable and the word inevitable is in Why Can't I by Liz Fair's song which I've always loved anyways fast forward we're we're talking about coming out more specifically coming out you know as LGBTQ plus um, Mm -hmm. because obviously you can come out as multiple things you know what I mean coming out with some kind of big secret but so I thought this would be a a great topic and I was talking to Hector when we were bouncing off ideas and I, I thought it was important because, you know, of our listeners and I'm hoping, I know for a fact that some people that I know li- who listen um, are parents, our aunts, our uncles, and mm-hmm. I think it would just be cool for us to kind of share our experience, our what happened to us, and then maybe like some do's and don'ts that we believe, you know? I love that. And, you know, I was realizing, I don't know why I struggled on the word realizing there, but I was I realizing as we were <laughs> preparing for this episode, I don't know if you've ever shared with me necessarily like this is my coming out story or how I came out I know that you've like shared bits and pieces but I've never at least I can't recollect being like oh Josie how did you come out when did you come out and like getting that information from my catalog of facts of Josie yeah no I feel the same way like because I felt like I got a little piece from you when you're saying when you took a a pit stop in bisexual town or by whatever you said yeah (laughs) Um, but I was like, well, I need to know more. Like, I know he had like a lot of acne as a high schooler. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and that was all because of coming out. I was just so stressed. <laughs> I fucking hate you. You're like, I know that you were just like this really ugly pizza pie face ass bitch, but I don't know really much more. <laughs> How rude. But she's bisexual. So that was exactly. cool. So anyways, Josie, why don't yeah. you start? Tell me when did you come out? And then... I guess, like, a little bit of what that experience was like for you and for your loved ones. All right, let's do this. And also, this would be a good a, a chance to work on my storytelling, not get too crazy. So mm-hmm. keep me in track. Got it? All right, action. Action. So, once upon a time, not long, not long ago, ago, I was yeah. a help. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, it all started, um, I guess, I came out at 20. 
That was the official coming mm-hmm. out, okay? Like, not the whole, like, we already knew. Like, okay, cool. Um, congratulations. Clap, clap, clap. Right. No. Um, I was 20 years old. And, um, but honestly, like, I've always known. Like, my earliest mm-hmm. memory I can go back to is pre-K. So, what was that? Three years old? Mm-hmm. So, I can remember specifically being in pre-K. I remember um, being attracted to, like, male. Not female, but... But then I love females because so it's like, hey, friend, hey, best friend. Like, <laughs> it was it was very clear to me. Like, but um, it's a long story. It's real, like, cute, sad. But it kind of like shamed me right from the beginning because I was in pre-K, and I remember it was um, nap time, and there was this guy in my class, and he told me he liked me, and you know, we're kids. Like, you right. don't really know. Like, so you think like is like just, yeah, I like you too. And that's what I said. I go, oh, I like you too. Mm-hmm. And I remember like we took a, we were taking a nap and we were behind like the bookshelf because everyone would spread out on their towels, like, you know, on their nap time. And <laughs> their I remember, towels, my God, at least have a mat. <laughs> no, girl, back in the day, it was bring your towel for nap time. Where are we, we at the beach? <laughs> I'm telling you, girl, that's how life was. It was like, if you had a mat, you were upgrade. You were fucking rich. And I went to private school. The, so mats, were, a- the mats were Balenciaga mats. <laughs> Balenciaga mats, yes. <laughs> Okay. Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. But that's it. That's also important. Um, you think I would have a mat because because um, you're up. I went, to pri- I went to private school, mm-hmm. so you would think, oh, they got money. I don't got money. We don't got money. My parents just wanted me to go to private school, Catholic mm-hmm. school specifically. So that's really forcing a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there I am throwing out my beach towel next to his beach towel. And we're just kind of like whispering and looking at each other. And are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, are you laughing at my... I'm just into the fantasy. Sorry. Hey, it's not fantasy. It's reality. Okay. This is an autobiography. Um, but yeah. So pretty much he uh, said he asked me if he can kiss me. I was like, yeah. Because like, that's what you do in movies when you like somebody, you know? And it was just like an innocent little kiss between two fucking children. Like we didn't know. Right. And, um, but it was special. Like, it was nice. It was cute. Like, aw. Mm-hmm. And, but then it was like, e- boom, turn of events. It was traumatizing. It was terrible because the next day he told me, um, my mom told me I can't talk to you anymore because the devil lives inside you. I was like, oh, that's Whoa. cool. Yeah. So that's real quick in the heavy. beginning. Yeah. So um, I'm pretty heavy. So it makes sense. <laughs> um <laughs> So it was pretty traumatizing. And that's when I became the smartest little gay kid I knew because I was like, oh, this isn't okay. This isn't right. Right. Because, oh, because the Bible, because God, because whatever. So right away, I was like, okay, cool. So I just was like, okay, I can't, don't ever mention this. Don't talk about it. Don't do this. Don't do that. Blah, 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 blah. But then I still never was that person that'd be like, I want to try to be normal. I want to be with a girl. I want to do this. No. Yeah. I just never could. Like, cause in my head, like I was so analytical as a child. Like <laughs> I was very much like, okay, but if I'm straight or I mean, if I like girls, cause I don't know what straight was. If I say I like girls, then I'm lying and lying's bad because lying's a sin and you're not supposed to lie because sins are bad and sins are bad and and no sin is greater than another because that's what they mm. taught us in Bible class. And so I was conflicted all the time. I was like, 
So what? So you were like finding the loopholes. You were like, I'm right. I'm not gonna lie, but not I'm gonna also lie. not gonna do this thing that makes me feel weird. Right. So then I became this master manipulator at such a young age, learning that loopholes are everything. Uh huh. Um. And yeah, so fast forward growing up, like it just, just, and I never want to lie about it. No one ever directly called me out growing up as a child. Like it was almost like, oh, I got called out all the time. Oh no. Well, I guess, let me, let me clarify. Yeah. I heard like the faggots, the queer, the hoto, like that stuff. But what I mean by calling out, I meant more like, let's say we're in a, a close setting, right? You know how you're with a group of guys and it's like, ooh, you see these? Do you like boobs or butt? Do you like legs or this? tits or ass? Do you like yeah. uh, Jessica Alba? Who do you and you're like? like you I really like Lady Gaga fringe bangs. And they're like, <laughs> blink, 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 blink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was like, almost every time there was a group setting and something like that happened, it would just conveniently just disappear right before it got to me. Yeah, Like people were trying to be like, oh, we don't know and we don't want to put him in a position. But anyways, um, yeah, so fast forward, all that happened. It made me like, okay, keep secrets. Secrets are good and lying's good. And that's what I saw growing up from yeah. family, friends. And and that's just what life was. So then when I was 20 years old and I watched a lot of TV growing up, so I would see shows come out. It's very risque, very, <gasps> oh my God, mm-hmm. there's a gay character. Oh my God, this and that, you know? Yeah. And so I just remember one thing that stuck with me always from someone coming out, I don't remember what it was. you think it'd be more important, but I can't remember. Um, <laughs> Forever, but I barely remember it. <laughs> I just know it was from a TV show, and it pretty much said that you can't come out until you're safe, until you yeah. know you're going to be safe. And that meant for me, I was like, that means I got to get out of my current environment. I have to find my own environment with someone who actually knows everything about me. And then I can come out and then I could be okay. Uh And so not that my parents were really, my parents never were like, don't do that. And that's for boys and that's for girls. Like my parents never were like that, but it almost was like, like, well, maybe if we don't talk about it, it'll go away kind of thing, Mm. you know? So that was kind of like, eh. So there was no support, but they were parents and they did the best they could, sending me to private school, feeding me, all that good stuff. But um, it was very intense and it was important for me to do it right and, and, and prepare. I had to mentally prepare to be disowned. You know what I mean? Like, that's in my head. You were, that's like, what it was. Yeah, you were like, worst case, that like you, at that point, by 20, you had already... I was working. I had a job. Yeah. But I was saying you've like, you had experience, maybe not for yourself, but like you knew that there was a possibility that like coming out as queer, like you had heard of, had seen, had friends that got disowned. So you're like, well, I got to prepare for like the worst case scenario, which like, I feel like forces you to keep that truth in longer because you're like, I really got to make sure because I don't know what's going to happen. But if it's like, all the way left like I need to be ready (laughs) (laughs) exactly yes so so yeah I was just like okay I'm ready I'm ready I'm prepared I'm ready to be disowned by the family and and so I grew all this secret hidden resentment if you will like because I was forming this whole thing in my head like well fuck them and the story yeah yeah like fuck them if they don't accept me and fuck this and fuck that and fuck everyone I was always mad and I use sarcasm as my main defense all the time. Um, 
And so it was important for me. So I, I decided, you know what, let's go small. Let's do one by one. Mm-hmm. And so um, it wasn't even like my family first. It wasn't even like, you know, my mom or dad or for my brother. Um, it was a friend, but she kind of was like forcing me out, like mm. forcing I mean, And then we had a close call before then too, because my one of my close cousins, she, and this is going to be part of the don't section, which I feel is a don't, but she just like, it was real aggressive. Like one time when we were hanging out and she's like, are you gay? <laughs> like, and so it's like, Can whoa. Pass the mashed potatoes. Are you gay? <laughs> pass the mashed potatoes, faggot. Are you gay? I was like, oh my God. No. <laughs> no, but it was very like, that's what it felt like. You know what I mean? Like, right. You're not mentally prepared. You're not prepared. I, had, I had a similar situation. Yeah. So I was just like. Um, and I was like, and I learned, I studied about lying, how to lie right, how to make eye contact, how not to look away, how not to watch your body language. Like, that's how much this meant to me. So yeah. I was trying to be real calm and I was just like, no, uh, are you? You were very you gotta, little liars. God, I was great. pretty little liar. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you? Do you want to talk about it? I like, love that. Joey, it's okay. It's okay. Like, we, like, I don't care. Like, I accept you. Da, da, da. But, like, still, that wasn't the right way for me. And it upset it, it upset me greatly because I was mm-hmm. just like, how dare you? Like, this is my moment. Don't you try to fucking chump and take it from me. Um, and so that was a big thing. But anyways, my, I had a friend from college and we met via college. And, and we were hanging out one day. And then she just kept, like, she was the one who was, like, kept questioning and questioning like did you have a girlfriend who's your girlfriend and this and that and this and that oh that's interesting and And who's this in the picture and so i was like oh my god this bitch like so no one else ever questioned (laughs) me like interrogated me and pried that hard and so it was almost like exhausting you know to like keep it it up because you had to answer all of these things but yeah you didn't want to lie i need to tell the truth so i need to make sure that i'm telling enough of the truth that doesn't blow my cover, essentially. Right, while keeping all my lies in check. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what did I say? What, you know, so, cause she's trying to bust me and catch me. Mm-hmm. And so we were drink. Um, we we're minor. I mean, I was 20, she was like 21. So she was drunk and I drove cause I was designated driver. And we got back to my place late and I was living at my parents still. And we're in my big room in the back and we're just talking. I'm trying to sober her up. And then it just like, it was exhausting. And I was just like, okay. And I was like, I'm gay. Does that make you happy? <laughs> like, She's like, no, it makes you happy because gay means happy. I would love yes, if she said that. Exactly. <laughs> no, but she did say like, yes. She was, and she was just like, Joe's like, I just, all I wanted was for you to be happy like, and stop, like, and be yourself. And I felt like it was killing you. And, and I won't say nothing. I just, and so it was like really intense and it was a good moment. But um, so. That was like one of my close friends. I still talk to her to this day. Shout yeah. out to her. Shout out to her. But like I said, I, I try not to, I don't like to say names. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so fast forward, and, it was, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a book and it's going to be called Coming Out Gay Day by Day. Like that's how creative <laughs> and crazy my mind was. Like I was like, had a plan. Every chapter would be the story of how I, I still, came out. I still every think person. you should do that. I, I, mean, I could. I mean, I should. I just, oh, I don't know. Anyways, I'm so sorry. Point is, everything mattered. I came out slowly, and then I started doing batches of people, and then I started getting real creative with it. And when he started, I was going to... he started muffining his come outs. <laughs> <laughs> I started. My favorite, my favorite, my friend always tells me that she goes, "You know, my my favorite memory of us is like a what?" She goes, "When you came out to me in my car going to lunch," and I was like, "Oh yeah," because like pretty much we're going to Bill Miller's and we're gonna go 
take do an errand. Mm-hmm. And then she like, I was just like looked at her and I go, hey, do you hate gay people? She's like, no, absolutely not. Like my best friend's gay. And I was like, good, because I'm gay. Anyways, like I tried to make it real cool and passing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so it was just like, I love the how like I, it was just getting easier and easier. Yeah. But um, so pretty much the closing of my story when I came out to my mom, because I was like, that's important to me. I came out to my brother, my mom. And um, when I came out to my brother, you know, he was like, fine. Like, oh, it's okay. Da, 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 da. I don't care. Da, 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 da. Right. And then when I came out to my mom, like, it was real intense for me. Like, when I came out to my brother, I didn't cry. But when I came out to my mom, I cried. Because, like, it was just, like, just so intense for me. Like, this is my mom. And I love my mom more than anything. Yeah. And, well, because you know, I, I, you, like that, you had prepared yourself, like, oh, if I get disowned, like, I'm ready for it. But with someone that you're close with, you know, as your mom, it's like, oh, shit. Like, once you're knocking on that door, you're like, I'm re- it feels like you're risking it all or it can. Right. Exactly. But in the, in my, the back of my mind, I, I always knew. I was like, my mom's going to be fine. Like, mm-hmm. she will be fine. I know it. Like, she's not going to disown me. Right. And, but it still was just a lot. It was just overwhelming because um, I guess I was overwhelmed by her response. And it was just like, so? Uh-huh. So what? Like, you're still who you are and you're a good person. Like, real calm, real whatever. And that meant, like, a lot to me. Like, oh, my God, what a great, like, reaction. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then come to find out later on, my brother, who is, um, and he and he he's very supportive. I know he is. And he even listens to our podcast here and then. I don't know if he listens all the time. But if he does, like, I'm sorry I have to bring this up, but I have to be part <laughs> of my story. Um, I, I consider my brother incredibly supportive of other people and me he's a very supportive person but he's also one of the most selfish people i've ever met and and i'm also selfish like but i feel i'm not as selfish as him like i would never do what he did but we're different people so pretty much he i found out late years later that he ended up telling my mom before i could tell her Mm. Um, and not that it, like obviously like not that it's a big shock or secret like everyone because you know of course I got the whole like, I already knew we knew that eh. and that's another don't which I want to get to later on but um, um, yeah like I find out that he couldn't handle it like knowing what I've been through or whatever his reason was so he had to talk to my mom before I could tell her after even asking me have you told mom and I was like no I'm gonna tell her this weekend and yeah. then he fucking told her. And like, and apparently like they both cried. They talked about how hard my life must have been, what I could have gone through, what I've been thinking, blah, 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 blah. And it broke me because that was such a significant memory to me. My mom, you know, telling my mom. Uh-huh. And then to find out it was pretty much a rehearsed like yeah. lie. Like I'm sure she does accept me and stuff, but right. that was my moment. Like, not to sound all weird, but like, I, I wanted to see my mom cry because my mom don't fucking cry. My mom's like straight a G. Like, she just don't cry. Yeah. You're and like, so, if there was going to be emotion behind it, I wanted it to be I able to be our moment. That. Yeah. Exactly. And my brother was like, nah, it's okay. I'm going to take it real quick. Let me just slide right past you or sneak yeah. past and get that real quick. So it took me a long time. And so that's, there's always going to be some resentment. And like, if he's listening, like, you know, Focus on the part that I said that you are very supportive. I know you care about me, love me, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like, but like maybe he, I hope he hears this and realizes, wow, like that was very selfish of me to take that away from you. Yeah. And I think um, it also like, you know, it happened and it's, it, you know, yeah. it's a real thing that you, you know, that you and your brother dealt with, deal with. But I think also it's, 
it's good to get it out there, especially for our listeners where he may, I don't know if you guys have ever had that conversation. And so you can, you can answer that, but he may not have fully understood that it's like, it was a big deal for you because this is your truth to tell. And I'm sure it felt like someone else was telling that truth. And so he may at the time have not saw it that way, but I think that that's why it's important to speak this truth is because I would say, you know, I know that we said that we're going to get into that do's and don'ts, but a don't is like, let someone else come out. Like don't out them because you don't know how they want to do that if they're ready to do that. And you shouldn't take that from someone because it's, it's a really hard thing to process when you feel like someone else is not only speaking about your identity, but potentially saying the wrong things. Cause it's, it's something that you're processing moment by moment, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like exactly. And um, so pretty much I did confront him like years later, cause we ended up living together for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but he's, he, he drinks a lot. So he was always drunk typically. And so one time uh, he was just so drunk. He said something and he just like willingly offers up the information like, hey, you know, uh, I told uh, I told dad that you're gay. And I'm just like, of course you did. Mamie, of course you did. Um, and the reason why I never told my dad, if you will, mm-hmm. like I, I, I always said like, maybe, maybe I will. But for me, I was like, coming out is so special and so important. Mm-hmm. And I have my own daddy issues. That could be another episode. Um, definitely. We but, definitely yeah, do daddy we, issues. We both would definitely do a daddy issues episode. <laughs> um, but I remember like being like, and my mom even asked me too after, you know, coming out after a while. She was like, have you told your father? Are you going to tell your dad? I was like, no, I really don't have any intention. If he finds out, he finds out. Like, right. um, but for me, I feel like it's such a special moment and it should be a happy thing. And I feel that he doesn't deserve to know I'm happy. Like that's how angsty and upset I was as a young adult when resenting everything and almost yeah. everyone. So, um, but when my brother ended up telling me one drunken night, like I was sober, of course, but not of course, but I was sober and he was drunk. Yeah. And he was like, you know, I told dad. And I was like, of course you did. I was like, so why don't you go ahead and break it down and tell me what happened? And he's like, well, I mean, I told him and he made like, uh, you know, that face he makes. And my dad has a signature face. And I'm like, yeah, I know which face it was. Like, kind of like a what? Like, a, but like uncomfortable, like, like, mm, like a what? But like, like, like kind of upset looking face. Yeah. But then apparently he um, just kind of, my, this is what my brother said. He said that he was just like, well, eh. He's like, he's still, a, he's still my son and he's still a good person. He's respected by a lot of people. So it doesn't matter. Da, da, da. Right. And, I, and, and I also thought, you know what? He would be fine. I know he would be fine too in some way because, I mean, he's a salesman. My dad's a salesman all his life. So when you're a salesman, you got to work with tons of people of color, of race, of orientation. You got to sell yeah. for them, you know? And you can only fake it for so long. You know what I mean? So I would feel that after actually meeting people different yeah. backgrounds, he would end up being like, wow, you're a cool person. You just get wow. to know that people are just people. Exactly. And so that's why I always felt like he would be okay. And my mom was okay because my mom was human resources. So she had to work with so many different people and hire without judgment. So things like that. So I was one of the lucky ones, if you will. I just had a, I just was bitter and I felt 
a lot of things were taken from me. Right. Moments were taken from me. But I'm so sorry. I mean, that was like oh, so much. I'm so sorry, Hector. <laughs> well, um, it's okay, because your story is much more eclectic than mine. And honestly, I was like, as you were speaking, I was like a lot of things that you said really stuck out to me as so important in just the topic of coming out. So mm-hmm. I'll briefly just share my experience. And it's super simple. Essentially, I'll go like utilize yours to talk about the things that were a little bit different. Um, okay. So for me, um, one of the things that was different is, well, I guess a little bit similar is I think looking back now, I realized that I had feelings um, and attractions to, you know, the same sex. Um, But I also, like yourself, at some point internalized that's not what it's supposed to be. It wasn't something that was like ingrained in my household there wasn't active conversations about like being anti-gay in fact I always tell people I had gay babysitters at one point growing up who were literally interior designers named Claude and Monty so there was like no gay you could get (laughs) so we weren't like anti-gay people we had gay friends but it still was something that like societally as I was going to public schools etc I just knew that hey like you're supposed to be straight like that's the normal thing to do that's what I believed so even though I had all those feelings, I kind of just, um, I didn't really pack them away. I just more so told myself, oh, this is normal. People just don't talk about it. Like this is, you know, curiosity, you're growing up, you're learning, you're curious. So I just always really just thought that's what it was and I never acted on it. Um, And then into my teenage years, probably about like 16, 17 years old is when I started to like act on those feelings. And it just clicked and it made sense. And I was like, you know, I told you I took the pit stop and bisexual bill. Um, So I just, I acted on it. It made sense for me. And I said, oh, you know, I've had previous experiences with women that I very much enjoyed. I'm having experiences with men that I very much enjoy. I must be bisexual. And honestly, I thought it was going to be no big deal to my family at all. Because like I said, we had gay friends. We have other people who are um, in the queer community in our family. So I was like, this is going to be no big deal. Um, my aunt, and you're much nicer than me. I'm going to put people's names on blast. Elizabeth, if you're listening, girl, I'm about to drag you. <laughs> Love <laughs> you. Skull drag yeah. you. Love you, sis. But this was not a cute moment. Um, she is such, I mean, she is the most open person, has always been there for me. Like, was that aunt who, like, you could tell her anything. But Also, like myself, she's a bit of a gossip. So she asked me one time while we were floating in the pool, she's like, are you gay? And I was like, oh, no, actually, I'm bisexual. Like, I was, I felt so comfortable telling her. And she, of course, didn't judge me at all and was like, that's awesome. Like, live your life. Do you, boo. But then she took it upon herself to go, like, tell uh, some of my other family members. And she told, um, I think, my other aunt and my uncle and my dad. And so my dad... um, Prayed for you. He prayed for me, yeah. No, actually, <laughs> that's funny that you said that because we also weren't super religious and that is the angle he took. Like, he was like, I love you, but it's, like, not right in the eyes of God. And I was just like, listen, Dad, if we're going to get into things that were not right in the eyes of God, I'm going to need to get your three exes in the room right now. We're going to have a discussion, honey. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going to be a fucking TV host like Andy Cohen. Like, my thing is always this. And, like, you know everyone processes things differently. So he was processing it and not handling it too well. But when you go the religious route, I always say like, it really confused. Like if you are a die hard religious person, you live by the book. I understand that a lot more than I do when someone who clearly is not living a super religious life, like 
do not try to condemn me for my sins if yours are in the next page. Like, I just can't do that. I, like, don't. So that was a weird moment. My mom, similarly, she didn't go the religious route, but she just kind of had a struggle with it because she was talking about, like, um, you know, your life is going to be so much harder. And I think, you know, when I came out in 2011, 2012, it's interesting because that was, you know, pre-gay marriage being approved, you know, by the Supreme Court. Like, it was, a be- you know, not the worst time in history to be gay, but it's weird because we've gone through so much even since then. So I understood some of that, I guess, if you want to put fear coming from my mom, but I also, you know, calling a spade a spade. I think my mom kind of had a moment where she was like, what's this going to look like for her to have a gay son? Um, and I think that that was a real struggle that she went through. But ultimately, uh, you know, no one disowned me or anything like that. And that definitely is a reality for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I never expected that to happen to me. It wasn't a thought. But I do think I was shocked that there was any pushback. And it definitely, I didn't realize that it messed with my psyche until a few years later. Because at that point, I kind of was like, um, weird enough, I didn't fucking ask you. I'm just telling you, you know, like, like <laughs> but you know, I had to really unpack that with my family and like sit down with, you know, my mom and dad individually and say like, Hey, I just want you to know that like coming out and, you know, owning that I was queer to you and not having, you know, someone, you know, for example, my friend Kiana, when I came out to my friend Kiana, I literally was like, I'm gay. And she said, I know. <laughs> like <laughs> that wasn't the best response, but it was just like, right. you know, we didn't skip a beat. It was just like, yeah, like you are who you are and I love you. And that's what everyone wants. Um, right. So I had to tell my parents, like not having that reaction and having some kind of pushback, even if it was, you know, not as bad as it could have been, like it still was really hurtful. And it did, it did affect our relationship where I was more distant. Um, and I would say me and my mom, we've had a, a really big comeback where, you know, if I'm talking to someone, dating someone, like I can openly talk about that with my mom. And also mm-hmm. she openly talks about her relationships, which sometimes I wish she wouldn't, but that's another story. Um, (laughs) me and my dad are still like, we've had the conversation, but we're still in a place where we don't talk about, you know, my gayness or anything to do with it. Like if I, like I play like LGBTQ friendly, like softball, dodgeball, kickball. And if I talk about sports with my dad, like I just conveniently leave that the piece of it that Josie kicked a home run in 12 inch heels out, (laughs) (laughs) you know, in a big floppy hat. Yeah. And that's kind of sad at some points, but yeah. Ultimately, the thing that I would love to talk about with you is, and I know that we both are a little ranty in this rant section, so we'll be conscious. I think it's good, though. I think people would enjoy it. I do. Um, I want to talk about what are, you know, if we want to frame it do's and don'ts, or we want to frame it like how can you be most supportive to others who are on their journey, potentially going to come out. What does that look like for you, Josie? Um, For me... Mm -hmm. And what I would hope for others who are struggling or questioning or whatever the case may be. Um, I still believe in making sure that you're safe. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure you have a big, some kind of support system. Correct. um, And that, you know, you'll be okay. You know what I mean? Uh Um, That was the biggest thing for me. Um, That's the do's, the don'ts. I mean, I don't know how, yeah, I don't know how to say it, but. What I wouldn't want, like, because I didn't really appreciate too much, but like, 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 I think there's certain cases, like with you and Kiana, like when you said that she's like, yeah, I know, yeah, but like, <laughs> that's just who she is. She did know. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Yeah. And so like, mm-hmm. yes, we have those friends, we have those family members who it doesn't matter. And so, yeah, it's like, I know I've known all along. I've, yeah. or I'm your mother. I've always known things like that. I get it. But in that moment, like let the moment be about the fact that it took this person's strength to just strength and courage just to reveal their truth to you. Yeah. And just, and if you knew, then just say, all you have to say is I love you no matter what, like it doesn't change anything. I still care about you. Mm-hmm. Like, and you know, if you make a playful joke, yes. But like, like I, I never liked that. I never like, yeah, I know. Hello. Oh my God. Look at you. Hello. Like, uh-huh. I think, I think that that could be put on pause and then maybe you can bring it up like years, months later, years later when everyone's yeah. joking and fun. Like, but in the moment, let that moment be about the person coming out, revealing their truth. And all you need to do is show that you're there, you're supportive and that you love them and that you accept them. Cause that's what they need to hear. Absolutely. Um, but I, yeah, I would, I would also say, um, and this is potentially like a topic for when we go into this at some other point on our podcast, but one of the things that I think as we think about people coming out, I always think about the need to come out as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know that this is not something that can happen tomorrow and we don't live in a perfect world, but I always like challenge myself and especially people who are allies, like challenge yourself to think about what would I have to do or what can I contribute to the world that will lead to a day where there is no need to come out, you know, like, it is such yes. an empowering, you know, beautiful moment. But additionally, it would be great if it wasn't, you know, this moment of difference. And, you know, I speaking of, you know, my best friend, Kiana, who said, yeah, I know. Um, it's I give her so much credit because she's one of those people who always made me feel like it wasn't something that I had to tell anyone, not necessarily like keep it in, but she was like, you are going to be you, whether you're purple, green, pink, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender. And she lives her life so much like that in ways that I, who identify as queer, don't. Like she has, you know, her five-year-old daughter and just the way that she's raising her is just like, there are trans people. It is matter of fact, here, meet my friend who identifies as trans. And of course her daughter has questions and Kiana just is so confident in how she answers it. And she's like, this is the world that we live in. This person is exactly the same as me. And it is important for my child to learn about the differences that people can have. And I think that that's what we have to do. You know, going back to your story, Josie, where, you know, you were younger and, you know, having this moment with this younger child in which you guys are just really exploring, like, what is your identity and who are you? And what is friendship and what is, you know, whatever. And then to have someone take it so far to be like, let's go down this path of like, this is devil shit. Like it's just too much. <laughs> yeah. And it's sad that like, and like, I think that's a really aggressive form of it, but I know that people in my own family, I think I've said this on the last podcast, people in my own family who claim to be, you know, super yeah, open. No, I'm completely fine with anyone and, and all of that. They still will say things like, Hey, you know, around little kids, you shouldn't do this. And like, mind you, if I was holding hands with my girlfriend, it would not be a problem. But if I'm holding hands with my boyfriend, they act like I'm about to like film a porno right after that. Like this is scene one. And I'm like, I promise you that I'm not going to whip out right now. Like I am like a person who understands like what is appropriate and inappropriate. And you are making 
anything that is intimacy between two men inappropriate and you need to unpack that. I don't need to change my behavior. That's yes, exactly. It's not, it's like, it's like that movie train wreck with Amy Schumer. I always love that scene where she's like, you know, we were watching Glee and they, you know, we haven't even talked to her about what homosexual gay people are. Mm-hmm. And she's like, um, people like, yeah. I just love that. Like it. Yeah. It's like, exactly. And if you make it, if that is like, children any no one no one is is existing in the world already having this understanding that something is different or wrong or any of those things and you have to even if you're like an open inclusive parent or sibling or you know aunt uncle family member you have to understand that everyone not only children but we're swimming in the society that is telling us that like oh you're bisexual you are abnormal you're gay you are abnormal you're trans you are abnormal and even as we get more inclusive and better with that, it still is the thing. Like one of the things that I commonly hear is, um, and this is true, like I, I feel this as well, is like you constantly like, yeah, you may come out to your family, but you're constantly coming out. You start a new job, come out again. You meet new friends, mm-hmm. come out again. And I want to get to a space where I'm, that's not the burden on me. I want to be very Nene Leaks. Like, I said what I said, and I said it the first time. I ain't saying that shit again. You don't want a problem with me. Yeah, you're trying to make a problem with me, sweetheart. Yes. Uh. <sighs> well, now I'm, like, literally walking around my house. I'm pacing my, like, breath. Like, I'm getting hype. I'm on. I can't do that because I have a headset, and every time I move, it makes a sound. So <laughs> thank you for that. Well, ultimately, <laughs> we on Vibrant Colors. Just want you all to know that come out, come out wherever you are. <laughs> oh my God, love it. Plug hashtag Wizard of Oz. Wait, is that in the Wizard of Oz? Yes. I don't come think out, so. Come out wherever you are. <laughs> I gotta watch and it again. Oh my God, I'm done. Um, also, um, National Coming Out Day for 2020 is October 11th. So, you know, rem- uh, appreciate what you, your stories, your memories, your friends, mm-hmm. your loved ones write your stories on Instagram, social media, inspire others. And that's another do I wanted to talk about real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, Because one big thing for me was having this one uncle who made sure just to like slip in little messages to let me know it was okay. And he wasn't talking directly to me, but he would talk to all the nieces and nephews. Mm -hmm. And he would be like, like someone would make a joke about like, well, because I, I have a cousin who always makes a joke. She's like, I'm a lesbian now, okay? I'm a lesbian. But yeah. she's just like being dramatic or whatever. And then he's just like, you know what? I don't care what y'all are, what y'all like, as right. long as you're happy. Like, so he purposed, I felt like that was essential. Like him just letting me know, like, if no mm-hmm. one else is going to be there for you, I'll, I got you. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's kind of like yeah. also reminded me of... um when you were talking about your family and how like, you know, though there were some struggles, both of your parents had been around a lot of um, people who were eclectic and different than them. And so it's also like, yeah, expose yourself first and foremost, but also, yeah, expose you as someone that people could be looking up to. I guess I'm thinking, you know, people who are younger in your family, you have that opportunity to elevate different voices, talk about different things, show different media and normalize what is normal. Like being queer is not abnormal. It is not different. It is not new. And so treat it as such, treat it as something that is valued and respected. And if people are looking up to you and they're seeing you be that person who is treating people with common decency and respect, 
they themselves are going to do that. And if they themselves feel that their identity is within the queer community, they will then, you won't have to be the person that's asking them and saying, hey, are you queer? They're going to mm-hmm. look at you as a resource because they know this person has always told me, just as you said, your uncle said, like, all I care about is that you're happy. And if you have been told by someone your whole life or, you know, the, the amount of time that you've known them, that they care about your happiness, they're going to look to you as a partner towards that happiness. So if you want to be a partner for people to come out to and you want to, you know, get other come out notches on your belt, just be a decent human and people will come. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> Thank you. Be a person. That's it. Just be that person. Yes, we took one thing away. Also, Josie, I need to know, because I asked Josie literally maybe yesterday what we should talk about today, and he said, uh, coming out. Did you know? Is that why you picked it? Because it was National Coming Out Day? Because I'm a terrible queer person, and I did not know that. No, no, no. It's um, everything's kind of fell into place. And so while like um, I just been seeing a lot of TV, movies, and thinking about stuff, and mm-hmm. so coming out to some, I was like, I was like, what about coming out? And you're like, yes. And so, and then I remembered, I said, like, wait, isn't National Coming Out Day in October? I thought, yeah. So, yeah, so then cool. I just double checked and that's why I was like, you know, how perfect. Like the world works in mysterious ways. It'd be cool if we actually released the episode on that day, but I don't even know. Let's see if it would have worked out. Well, no, we're October actually, yeah, we're not, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we had to but, release it then because the next episode clearly has to be on Halloween and we have priorities. You know what I mean? Yeah, we got Halloween coming up, daddy issues, maybe <laughs> HIV. Yes, um, we got to get we still all those. those. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to our coming out stories. Um, we hope that you all learn something from this. Learn something from this and learn something from this. We are rooting for you. When you go to sleep at night and you decide to come out the next morning, you I don't know, we can't go any further. Anyways, point is grateful for you all for listening. We're not done with this episode because of course we want to jump into our color section. So Josie, are you ready? Yes, let's color these people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, that sounds weird. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Welcome to this episode's colors portion where we will be highlighting the letter L for L. We're on on like uh, Sesame Street. Yes. You know, L, loser. Just kidding. Lesbians. Lesbianism. Let's be honest. Let's um, be honest. Let's be honest. Um, what's crazy is I actually wanted to do lesbians first. And when we started beginning the color section, it's a long story, which we could talk behind the scenes later on. Mm-hmm. But um, Catch us here- on Vibrant Colors behind the scenes. <laughs> behind the scenes, Vibrant Colors holiday episodes where we just release little snippets of things that we could have Where I, we just release audio files of me literally viciously yelling at Josie. Yes. And let's not take away from this section because that's what we keep doing. <laughs> Lesbians, <laughs> you are important. Lesbianism is important. Thank you. I Love think it. You- Yes. Okay. So lesbian. What is a lesbian? Lesbian is um, a woman a female woman who identifies as a woman and she is attracted to the same sex. So she's attracted to another woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of people pretty much know that because, you know, little boys, when you're growing up, you're like, Ooh, girl and girl. Like, so you learn pretty early. That's one of the big popular ones. Right. <laughs> I'm just totally kidding. Respect women, please. Lesbians are women. They, they matter. Everyone matters. But I think it's, um, in, I mean, I'm sure you're going to talk about that, but it is important to realize like that, Sadly, that is one of the mm-hmm. um, like one of the queer community members that you do learn about early o- earlier because it is something that 
in the heteronormative, mainly male community, it's something that has been turned into a fetish. And it is not a fetish. It is their identity be respectful. Yes, they just keep sexualizing it. Like, ooh, girl on girl, so hot. Exactly. Um, but yes, so lesbians, lesbians, lesbians. Um, they did, lesbians actually did a lot of the groundwork for LGBTQ+. Um, mm-hmm. I would encourage everyone to do some research of their own. Um, there's someone, there's a group called the Daughters of Bilitis, I believe. And uh-huh. that's really cool because they're the ones who were the advocates for years to make sure everyone felt included. That so wasn't just gays and lesbians. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones who said, like, we need trans people included in the, in the alphabet soup. We need bi- bisexuals do matter. And they are a sexuality. Like, so they, lesbians did a lot of the groundwork. They, did a, had, they were there. So research that. It's great information. Um, and then just some like, cute fun facts to end with lesbians, um, mm-hmm. which I, I love so much because I actually went to a pool party and was with nothing but lesbians from my softball team one time. And I loved every minute of it because like, you know what? Let me get my investigative journalism on. And I was like, so what are you guys' like, hopes and dreams? Like very never been kissed, Josie Grossy. <laughs> and I was there like, they're just like, well, duh, like eating out. You know, like at restaurants, obviously. Um, <laughs> <For sure. and laughs> just but no, like, um, so Hector doesn't like it when I say the word um, pussy, so I'll try to refrain from saying that. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll work on saying something else. Like, uh, I think it's when you say it like six times in is secession, the word? After, I just, one after yeah. another. I try to be smart and I, I can never get the words right. Oh my God. I, I just... I appreciate the word. I am very much just like, remember we have- I'm going to get a lot of like hate mail. They're going to be like, liberate that word. Liberate it. This is my pussy. Can't grab this. Like I'm with you, sister. I have a fucking uh, t-shirt that says can't grab this. I love that. I love that shirt. So yes. So no, I'm all about it. Hector just doesn't let me say it. So- um, (laughs) I cannot with you. (laughs) He does. Okay. Like DM me, slide in my DMs. We'll talk about it. But no, so one of the big important, like some cute terminology I learned from them, and I hope this isn't like I'm giving, giving away secret information or anything, but because um, when we talk about gays, we haven't talked about that. So I'll get into the same information. But for lesbians, there is, uh, from what I understood, they have mm-hmm. stems and femmes. So mm-hmm. femmes would be like the lips like also known as lipstick lesbians, the more feminine woman-like lesbian. The stud is the more butch um, lesbian, the masculine one. And the stud would be like like the one who's like in the middle, like kind of like a verse in gay gay world. Mm -hmm. So they kind of maybe like have that long hair. They look real pretty, um, but they got that backward cap on and no makeup, chilling with no makeup on. That's when you look pretty, but you don't take it wrong. You know, all that good stuff. So um, I just thought that was so fascinating. Like, oh my God, they have like, like all these classifications too, and just like the gay world and everything. So I just thought it was so fascinating. And one cool thing I loved was they were talking, I was saying like, so is there a requirement like for a girl to go down on you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I like, this is just me being like curious. I want to know so much about it. And they're mm-hmm. just like, it's cool if you're looking for like a hookup, like a pillow princess, that's what we call them. The ones who just, the girls who are like, who are quote unquote straight and were hurt by a guy. And they're just like, well, I'm a girl lesbian now, but then they don't want to do nothing to you. So they just kind of lay back. I feel like by like that descriptor of like not wanting to do nothing to you, lay back. I too am a pillow princess. <laughs> no, honey, you're a dead fish. Okay, we'll talk about that later on. Um, but I just thought it was so fascinating because like, like, even my more masculine or the studs um, that I met, they were very much like, 
no, like, I don't like just want to munch out all day. Like, I mean, I like doing it, but like, they got to return the favor. And I was like, oh, cool. Yes. And like, it was cool to just on, watch all of, all of them. And, and the majority was more like um, kind of studs when I was at this cool party. So it was cool to get the middle point of view. And they're just like, no, it's like, it's a requirement. They got to be willing to go, like, I'll do it to you. You do it to me. And that's one big happy Better family. Get yours. Thank you. Can I backtrack yes, so. for a quick second? Because uh-huh. I wanted to tell you something, Josie, that I think oh. you'll enjoy. Um, I recently on Hulu, I believe I'm going to say the show's title correctly. It's called, I think it's called The American. And it's about um, in the 1970s, um, just like the movement towards feminism and rights for women. And a big portion of that show is talking about how lesbians were really integral in that fight and it's also really interesting because um there were like moments where like lesbians were like literally like you said paving the groundwork and doing all this work and then they were kind of told yeah but we can't make your sexual identity a focus because it won't be as palatable so like here they are literally doing (laughs) all of the work and then still being told yeah, but we want to make it about women's rights because that's going to be more palatable in this moment. And if we start making it about, you know, lesbian rights, um, then it won't be. But ultimately, just really shows that really integral, in my mind, integral connection between um, being a lesbian, being a woman, um, just the true like power and, and struggle that has been of that identity. And so I think it was a really interesting um, way to become more knowledgeable about the origins or at least some of the origins of those struggles and triumphs. And it definitely made me feel a little bit more knowledgeable, but ultimately that I just, there's so much more that I want to know to become a better ally for um, lesbians and also just women in general. Yes. And the first step you can take, and if it's okay with you, I would like to take this moment to honor and dedicate this episode to our late Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who did so much for feminism and for gender discrimination and all that great stuff. And I, I, you know, I didn't know a lot. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to watch this documentary on Hulu called RBG. And it was great. I really enjoyed it. And may her memory be a blessing. Yes. Because she was, you know, so please, all that. I just like to say that. Yes, basically, from this color section, you have our full endorsement to be a feminist and our full endorsement to be a lesbian. And I am saying it. I'll say it again. And I'm not sorry about it. All right. Thank you. And now let's go eat out. Just kidding. Um, Follow us on Instagram, vibe, underscore, rant, underscore, colors. Josie, don't say it. I know. (laughs) And thank you to all of our listeners and supporters. And Josie, any last words? No, stay stay true to yourself. Yeah, stay true. All right, talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.